Well, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the first ever uh, Overreactions podcast. My name is Joe Miller, and I am your host. And uh, this is exciting for me. Uh, This is a a brand new venture. I've never done anything like this before. Clearly, as a Buffalo Bills fan, I have my share of opinions and my share of what I would call emotions. Uh, You know, this is uh, being a Buffalo Bills fan is, uh, well, let's just be honest for a second. It's a roller coaster um, and there is no other way to describe it other than it being a roller coaster. And there's a lot of voices out there and there's a lot of uh, really cool podcast, and there's a lot of great places that you can go for information. And to be honest with you, I am not going to get into X's and O's uh, and like great deals of stats and things of that nature. Yes, there will be stats and there will be talk and conversation about football. Uh, but by and large, if you're looking for serious football science, X's and O's, things like that, there are some amazing podcasts out there already that, that cover one guys, obviously. Uh, Nick and Nolan are really good, and then uh, uh, there's just there's just a lot of great stuff out there that you can find, and that's just not I am not that smart, so I'll just be honest with you. To be to be totally honest with you, um, I am probably just like you. I'm I'm just a fan, um, and if I have to, or if you had to pin me down, and you know say hey Joe, wh- why should we listen to you? I don't even know that I can give you what I would consider a good reason. You know, other than the fact that uh, I'm just like you, I have, like I said, my own emotions, my own opinions. There's things that I react to. There's things that I overreact to. And then there's just frankly some things that I'm overreacting to. And that is the premise of this podcast. This podcast is about uh, that gut reaction, what whatever is going on inside of our hearts, inside of our minds, uh, you know, strictly straight after coming off of the football game, the, the last Bills game, where we're where we're at, where I'm at, uh, what what's feeding Twitter at the moment, and what we're you know what I would consider overreacting to, um, and then there there will always be uh, during the Bills season. My intention is to uh, from that point uh, have a second episode every single week, which will probably be on Friday. And on Friday, what we're looking at uh, is basically coming back to it. And Fridays will be about what reactions we're done with, right? I'm over that. Like, so I'm just, it's just something I'm over. I'm not, I'm not thinking about that anymore. And I've got a couple things for tonight. Uh, but just so you know a little bit about me, uh, I am a Buffalo season, uh, a Buffalo Bill season ticket holder. Uh, that does not make me better than anybody else. Um, it's just, to be honest with you, it probably makes me more foolish than a lot of you. Uh, I have uh, invested quite a bit of money in this football team over the years, basically waiting to see something get built, something grow, much like my grandfather did. Uh, my grandfather had invested in Buffalo Bills season tickets uh, when, you know, obviously before I was born and hung in through the lean years and had those tickets during the Super Bowl years. And that's, you know, that's why we do it. That's why we continue to invest, continue to spend the money. Um, so I would, I would tell you that it's just a sacrifice that I was willing to make. Luckily, my wife was on board, uh, bless her heart. Uh, very, very thankful for my wife. Um, but by and large, I am no different than anybody else, uh, that is listening to me or can hear my voice on this podcast right now. Um, I have a pretty good, what I would consider football memory. Um, I've been to a lot of bills games. There's very few bills games, uh, that if I have not been to that I missed on television, I can remember, Missing a Jets game um, probably 15 years ago. Uh, I was traveling at the time and didn't get to see it. 
Um, I don't remember the game because I didn't see it. And I think there was one other game that I potentially missed. And believe it or not, I think it was, believe it or not, I think it was just like two years ago. So it wasn't too long ago. So I've got a pretty, pretty stick memory. Um, I generally typically try not to miss the home opener ever. I think I've missed two since 1997. Um, and yeah, I, uh, recently moved back to Buffalo, New York from Columbus, Ohio a year ago. Uh, my wife and I packed up and moved to Columbus in 2005. Uh, basically we were just looking for work and there wasn't much work here in the Buffalo area at that time, moved to Columbus and uh, made a great life there. Uh, love Columbus, Ohio. It will always be a, a second home to me. But uh, last year, uh, we had the opportunity to transition, and we transitioned back to Buffalo, which is actually pretty amazing timing when you consider that uh, I believe, and I know that a lot of you do too, that Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean are uh, constructing, building a team here that's something that's pretty special. Um, so if there's a time to be back in town, uh, now is the time because I honestly believe and I think that there's this wave of momentum and this feeling and this emotion that something good is happening. This is not going to be uh, like the two what what we will call false starts uh, that we had before the tra- in the Trent Edwards era and in the uh, the the Ryan Fitzpatrick area era when we when we we got out to a fast hot start and uh, discovered pretty quickly. Uh, that we were pretenders, the wheels came off, and everything went into the, into the tank. Um, so I don't believe that's who we are this year. I don't be, I don't think you believe that that's who we are. And, and to be honest with you, if you can hear my voice, if you're listening to me right now, and you believe that the wheels are getting ready to come off or, or somehow we are just taking advantage of easy opponents, I'm not going to lie and, and say that our schedule is is somehow hard. It's not. Do I think there's some hard teams in there? Yes, uh, do I think there's some really good matchups in there for the Bills, for this Bills team? Yes. Uh, do I think that uh, we are positioned well with this defense? Um, yes, absolutely. However, I am seeing some things uh, with this football team, and I think that all of you are seeing some things with this football team that we have not seen in a very, very long time, and that is just the refusal to quit. This team fights. Uh, it's gritty. Um, it lets down, and this is something. I, this is one point that I've made on Twitter a couple times, um, and is to me one of the most encouraging signs. So, so there's that third quarter lull. What is it with this team in the third quarter? I don't know, and I don't think any of you do either. Um, but something happens. But I think one of the most encouraging things that I've seen um, is, and, and this was a topic of conversation a couple of weeks ago. Uh, with me and some 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 of you folks on Twitter, there just seems to be an ability uh, to just turn it on. So when the when that offense needs a touchdown at the very end of the game or sometime in the fourth quarter, if we've got to come back, uh, whether it's Josh Allen, whether it's the offensive line, whether it's you know Dable, whoever it is, whatever's happening in that moment, there is a switch that's get, getting flicked back on. And they drive down the field and score a touchdown and take the lead again. And that's something that I, it's, I'm 46 years old and it has been since the Kelly years. And I know that there's a lot of people that are probably listening to me that don't know the Kelly years because you were too young. Um, but uh, there's something being built here and it's an exciting time to be home. I'm really, really uh, just proud and pleased and, and and excited to be back in Buffalo. My wife, not as happy about being in Buffalo. She doesn't like the cold. So uh, when we were getting ready to transition from Columbus last year, her hope was that we were going to find some place with a beach. 
Uh, well, we have a beach. We live in Lakeview, so there's there's Hamburg Beach, but that's not really the beach that she was talking about. She was uh, more looking at Myrtle Beach or someplace in Florida or Gulf Shores, uh, any, anything but uh, coming back home. So she she's not a big fan of the cold. But uh, so, yeah. So with that, let's get right to it. So what is this podcast about? What is it that I'm trying to accomplish? You know, every every good podcast, in my opinion, or radio show needs to have uh, some sort of content, uh, something something that the host is excited about. I believe firmly uh, that certain uh, things that we are subjected to here as Buffalo Bills fans and Buffalo sports fans in Western New York, as it pertains to the radio station here locally in town, I think that uh, some of them are mailing it in. I think that they have lost their passion. They've lost their love. Uh, there's what I would probably consider a lack of content writers. And I know that probably sounds weird for some people. They're like, well, what do you mean? Why would a radio host need content writers? Well, I can guarantee you that all of the major players in in basically the sports media today, whether it's Good Morning Football or you know the ESPN guys or whoever it is, uh, these guys have content writers. Colin, uh, Colin Coward, you know, they've, they've got content writers that are that are writing content or, or 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 basically scheming content and and things like that for them. And it, and it just seems to me that we're talking uh, on sports radio here in town a little bit too much about some things that, frankly, I don't want to listen to, and I don't think a lot of you want to listen to it either. And uh, so, I mean, what I'm trying to accomplish is just something that's a little bit entertaining, something that uh, you know I hope that that you guys vibe with. I hope that you guys connect with. Um, and, and at the end of the day, uh, the podcast is called the overreactions podcast or the overreaction podcast. And what that means is this, I hope that we can find a way to be able to interact. Uh, you know, obviously not potentially live. Um, but, uh, maybe, uh, through Twitter, uh, that would be really awesome. My handle is at Joe Miller wired. Um, if you are not following me, yet, uh, please do find me at Joe Miller Wired. Um, and I will uh, absolutely follow you back. Um, and I would love to have some, have some conversation, uh, maybe have some open dialogues um, on what, as I may have said already, that you know, what you're overreacting to, um, or even, you know, what you're just done with, you know what, I'm done with that. So with that, why don't we get into uh, a couple things that I'm currently overreacting about? One of the things that I'm overreacting about is this. Josh Allen has to hit the long pass. I don't know what Josh Allen is to me. I have never seen a player in the NFL. I've never seen a quarterback specifically where literally we talk about something that's not going well in a game or something that didn't go well in a game. And basically they go off through the week, work on it incessantly apparently and then you come back or we come back the next week and it seems like you can tell that they were working on it there is no question in my mind that through this offseason and through preseason and through camp and through everything else that they were drilling home the short and intermediate passing game with Josh Allen because we can see it right we can absolutely see that the focus was primary for Josh Allen to learn to hit those passes, those short things, five yards, 10 yards, uh, the touch, the pass to Lee Smith this past weekend was the touch on that pass was absolutely incredible. It was a focus. They worked on it. They fixed it. They've got to fix this deep ball thing. 
It's the one thing that Josh Allen has always been able to do. It was the one thing coming out of college that they said he could do better than anything else. You know he's a hero ball guy. He's the guy that wants it all. I don't think, I was looking at some stats. I've got them pulled up here. It says uh, on this website that I'm looking at that uh, he's hit, I think, 26% of his deep throws. Deep ball completion percentage, 26%. Um, I don't know where they got that number from. Um, I don't know what they're using, if it's beyond 20 yards, beyond 25 yards, which is possible. But I don't think I've seen Josh Allen hit a deep ball, what we would consider a deep ball, yet. Am I right or am I wrong? If, if I'm wrong, tweet me. At Joe Miller Wire, just say, hey, look, Joe, you're wrong. There was that one play in the one game. But I'm pretty sure he has not completed a deep ball yet. They need to spend the next week, next week and some of this week or whatever, figuring out the chemistry and what it's going to take to get that ball as a weapon for him. Because this is the one piece that's missing. Uh, It's unbelievable to me that they are executing as well without being able to take the top off the defense. Um, But I, I think for you guys, just like with me, I need to see that pass completed. I know he tried several to Zay. They weren't even close. He tried a bunch to the Patriots. I think two of them were intercepted. It was it was an interesting it was interesting even to watch it during the Patriots game because it was obvious he was overthrowing the ball. His footwork and his mechanics were so sideways during that Patriots game. It was incredible. He threw every ball off his back foot. The and then there was the one pass that he kind of tried to lay in there. And it got intercepted. And then it was obvious from that point on, I think they tried the deep ball a couple more times, and it was obvious he was not going to underthrow it again. It's like, if I'm going to chuck it out there, I'm going to throw it past the guy. And clearly, without Robert Foster out there, there's nobody that can run under the, under the ball. So they've got to get this thing fixed. They've got to get it figured out. Yes, I love the, 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 the John Brown stuff. I love the Cole Beasley stuff. I love the Dawson Knox stuff. I think Duke Williams is going to be a star in this offense. If you want to call that an overreaction, I'll take it because I think Duke Williams is legit. Yes, I said it. And I'm not the first person to say it. I know there's a lot of you that have said it. There were people annoyed going into this game that so many of us were psyched up and excited about Duke Williams and the dude showed up and I was here for it because the kid could play. And the kid can play, and I think the biggest disconnect there for Duke Williams was basically, I think, coming into the season, he didn't know the playbook well enough, so he would have been a liability to this team. So sit him on the practice squad. That's exactly what a good coach should do. Let him learn, get learned up, get schooled up, and then put him in the game when he's ready. They did, um, and they moved on. But I digress. I'm, I'm not ranting about Duke Williams. So I love that intermediate stuff. I love the short stuff. That stuff is vital. Josh Allen we've seen it, is at his best. Josh Allen is at his best when he's working the quick pass, getting the ball out in rhythm, in time, and and and, and doing what he has to do, getting the ball to Cole Beasley, getting the ball to John Brown, and getting the ball to where it needs to go. Where it goes sideways for Josh is when he drops back, starts dicking around in the pocket, sits back there for two and a half and three seconds looking for somebody downfield, and the whole thing, they get him off his spot, the whole thing goes sideways. Whatever they got to do to find rhythm, whatever they've got to do to find the magic inside of that deep. John Brown made a living in his first couple of years in the NFL catching the deep ball from Carson Palmer. John or Josh Allen, we've got to get this thing figured out. He has to get this thing figured out. So that is my first overreaction. It's got to be done. We need it. It will make this offense, I don't want to say prolific, but it will put it to another level. 
and it'll make one more thing that defenses have to defend that they won't be able to defend. And all it's going to do is make everybody else underneath that much more dangerous. Mark my words. They've got to get it figured out. So that's my first overreaction. My second overreaction, where in the world did Jordan Phillips come from? Where in the world did Jordan Phillips come from? What happened? Who is this guy? Yes, I know he showed up last year. Yes, I know that Miami cut him, and I know that there was an attitude problem there. However, this dude showed up in a Buffalo Bills uniform last year and started making a difference. He was an impact player from jump. This year, he has four sacks. Yes, I know three of them were in this past weekend's game against Tennessee. However, he has four. That is double the sacks he's ever had in his career. He had two sacks twice in his career, and he has four so far this year. He had, I think, three solo tackles. He had three QB pressures or something like that. He had a ridiculous game this, this past week. And I know that they schemed it. And obviously, you know, we were all here for the Twitter fight with, with, with Taylor Lewan. Um, and it was amazing. I hope that you guys were riding that thing because it was absolutely hysterical. And yes, they've all come out since then and apologized. And it is what it is. And it ran its course. But this kid is the real deal. And it just makes me wonder... And and, and, I, and I'm not saying anything bad about the kid because I love Ed, Ella, Ed, Ed Oliver, but it makes me wonder what they were thinking. I know you lost Kyle Williams. I know Kyle Williams retired. I was here for it. I was at the game, his last game. I was here when he caught the pass. I was in the stands. However, you've got Harrison Phillips, who's now injured. So yes, I guess it's great that we that we that we drafted Ed Oliver, but. I guess I'm just missing. I, I I can't I can't for the life of me figure out what it is that they weren't seeing in Jordan Phillips. Because I'm seeing it, and you're seeing it. We're all seeing it on the field. The, the dude is a spark plug. He is a spark plug. And and you know what? I'm not. I'm not, I'm 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 over the issues with Star. There's people on Twitter. Even this past week, there's been a rave and a craze about Star and him being invisible. And oh, you know, and then the defenders come in and he's sucking up to you know two blockers at a time, and he's doing his job because he's just plugging gaps and blah 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 and yada. And and I don't know anything about that, but I know this about Star: if you're as good as you're supposed to be, if you are a ten million dollar player, you should show up on the stat sheet sometime. At some point in time, you should show up on the stat sheet. Why is a kid who is a complete cast-off from one of the worst franchises in football, the Miami Dolphins, who came in here on a whim, on a shoestring, a spark plug, and making huge plays for this football team that is, let's be honest, probably the best defense in all of football. The dude is coming in, and he's having a huge impact with on, on one of the best. He's not coming into a bad defense and making an impact. And, oh, he's the only kind of sort of good player on that defensive line. He's coming to a defensive line with Jerry Hughes. He's coming to a defensive line that has Star Latulale. He's coming to a defensive line that has Trent Murphy, that has Ed Oliver on it, that had Harrison Phillips on it. He's coming to a defensive line that's good with linebackers that are good. And, by the way, the dude is showing up on the stat sheet. The kid, I think, is the real deal. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know what Brandon Bean did not see in him to 
other than the fact that maybe, may, maybe, maybe we live in this world and it's a world we haven't lived in in 20 something years where we just take the best player available. And the reality is, is Ed Oliver this past year was the best player available. And at the end of the day, if Ed Oliver was the best player available, I'm good with it. If that's what you're telling me. But from what I saw, the maneuvering on draft day, you guys saw it too. The, the sense of relief, the sense of excitement about the fact that they got Ed Oliver. They felt like they got their guy, the guy that they wanted. I think I think that was even quoted that they got their guy. That like Ed Oliver was the guy we wanted, we got him. Well, if you've got Jordan Phillips, who was raising all kinds of cane last year, I, I, and he's been a difference maker. And I love it. I am on the Jordan Phillips bandwagon. So, bro, if, I, I highly doubt you listen to this stuff, but if bro, this stuff, but if bro, if you can hear me, I, I'm a, I'm a fan. I am on the bandwagon, and Bills Mafia is in your back pocket, bro. Just keep it coming. Just keep bringing it every single weekend. So, those are the two things that I am what I would consider overreacting about right now. Josh Allen has to. We, they've got to figure out this deep ball issue with Josh Allen, and my goodness. Jordan Phillips, where did this kid come from? And if you tell me Miami on Twitter, I'm going to slap you. I know he came from Miami. Conversely, these are the things that I would tell you that I am pretty much done reacting about. I'm over it. You know what? I'm just over it. So this is what I got. I don't know how you guys feel, but I am... I, I. I am over being anxious and sitting on the edge of my seat every time Josh Allen throws the ball because I'm in what Jeremy White calls the fear bunker because, God forbid, he throws an incomplete pass. I'm over it. I I, I, I clued into it this past weekend during the Titans game. I am so keyed in on Josh Allen throwing completed passes because somehow it's like somebody insulted my grandmother about the fact that he used to have a problem with completing passes passes and his completion percentage. And I sit there on the edge of my seat the entire stinking game just praying to God he's thrown it to an open receiver so they can catch the ball. Not to mention the fact that I feel like a battered child, a redheaded stepchild, which, by the way, I am a redheaded stepchild, but I feel like a redheaded stepchild... If by somehow the the receiver drops the ball, because last year you got guys on this team like Zay Jones, who had a 50% uh, reception average. So he was targeted, I think, a hundred and something times and only caught 50% of those balls. So I'm already like on the defensive for that about like, can we find this guy? But we've got it. Like there's guys on this team that can catch. Cole Beasley can catch. John Brown can catch. Dawson Knox can catch. Sweeney can catch. Lee Smith caught a ball this weekend. Duke Williams can catch footballs in tough spaces. I'm over it. I'm going to trust what my eyes see. I'm just done with being over. I'm done overreacting and being, like I said, having my blood pressure at 200 about whether or not Josh Allen is going to come out of a game at 65% completions because Josh is that guy. I'm going to trust my eyes. I'm going to trust what I see. And I just hope that you do too. So that's the first thing that I'm done reacting to and overreacting to. The second one is Josh Allen's inter- inter- interceptions. And you know what? I, I know that this, this, this podcast tonight is a lot about Josh Allen, but let's be honest. This season is a lot about Josh Allen. 
And one of the things that I'm overreacting to are his interceptions. I don't care how many interceptions he throws this year. Did you hear me? I don't care how many interceptions he throws this year. Why do I, Joe Miller, not care how many interceptions Josh Allen throws this year? The reason is, is because I know where his floor is. And I'm really excited about his ceiling. I think this kid has an incredible ceiling. I don't think he's even scratched the surface yet. And at the end of the day, the other reason that I don't care about the interceptions that this kid is throwing is because of this defense. This defense, and I've already talked about it, is legit. It might be the best defense in the NFL. It might be better than the Patriots defense. I don't know. I don't know that there's another team out there that can compete or come close, scratch the surface of this defense. And what it does is it puts you in a situation with a young quarterback. Josh Allen just completed his 16th game, young quarterback, who's prone to making mistakes. And if there's ever a better time that this kid could start learning and learn on the job, it's now. It's now, guys. It's right now. I'm all about it. You know what, Josh? Drop back. Take some risks. Learn some things. Throw the ball around the yard. Have some fun. Throw some interceptions. Throw some touchdowns. Run around. Do your thing. It's exciting. And at the end of the day, is it going to hurt us? Yeah, there's going to be some interceptions that hurt us. But if there's a year, if there's a year that it's okay, that it's set up perfectly, if it's if there's a year that you've got the the, the right situation and the right opportunity for a, to have a young gunslinger-minded Kid throwing interceptions, it's this year. Not only because of the defense, not only because of his ceiling and where it's going to potentially put him, but because at the end of the day, this kid is going to learn from it. He's going to learn from it, and he's going to be better on the other side. And oh, by the way, he can throw as many interceptions as he wants to learn and get there because of our schedule. Our schedule is easy. easy. Yeah, we got three home games coming up. And I hope, obviously, the, the Dolphins are coming next. I'll be at that game. I hope you guys are going. I'm a little worried about the Philadelphia Eagles game. But good Lord, the freaking Washington Redskins after that. It's it, The Dolphins and the Redskins are in a race to see who's worse, and they're going to find out this weekend. It's unbelievable. So I'm over it. I'm over stressing over every single incomplete pass that Josh Allen throws. You know what, Josh? Throw the ball. And I'm over his interceptions. He's going to make some dumb throws. You know what? Jim Kelly used to make some dumb throws. And I loved Jim. Man, as a 16, 17, 18-year-old kid, I loved Jim Kelly. And I'm starting to fall in love with this kid named Josh Allen. So you can call me a homer. You can call me whatever you want. I don't particularly care. Right now, for me, Josh Allen is the guy. And I'm excited to see where this train takes us. And I hope that you're on board. I hope that you're on board. So that's all I've got for you tonight. This has been the overreaction podcast with your host, Joe Miller. I am Joe Miller. You can reach me once again on Twitter at Joe Miller wired dot com. That's pretty funny. That's, that's me making a mistake uh, at Joe Miller wired. Um, so yeah, you can, you can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller wired. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope that you uh, found it somewhat entertaining and not completely and utterly, totally boring. This is the first time I've ever done anything like this before. Um, I promise you it will get better. So thank you for listening. And I hope, uh, I hope to see you on Twitter.
Thanks, guys. Go Bills.